Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 25. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fellow entrepreneurs, my driving passion at Entrepreneur on Fire is to share the incredible journey of inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. We are here to support your journey, so go to eofire.com and join the Fire Nation email community. I have some great gifts that you will find incredibly helpful, and we are always creating more for our valued Fire Nation subscribers. And now, give it up for our five-star reviews. Shane Blackshear, Ido High Ann, D. Whitney, McDuck123 and Alvin McBurrow. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and I look forward to thanking everyone who does the same. Okay, let's get started. I am simply exhilarated to introduce my guest today, David Risley. David, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. <laughs> Dave lives in Tampa Bay, Florida. He makes his living as a content marketing strategist and online publisher. David's been in this business for 14 years. He's a father, husband, entrepreneur, blogger, author, speaker, and consultant in that order. Dave, I've given a little overview. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Well, cool. Well, I've been in the business for about 14 years now, so I've been doing it quite a long time. Uh, about a decade of that was simply as a technology blogger. So I was a geek just talking about computers and technology, and I ended up around college, and as I was going out of college, turning that into a business. So I was in the fortunate position of not having to look for a job when I graduated college. Uh, so I kind of went into that. Uh, many, many years later, probably around 2008 is when I started going into the stuff that you just said that I'm doing, which is the consulting and the, and content marketing, stuff like that. And I'm actually showing people how to do that type of thing while simultaneously also continuing to run that tech site. Very cool. Well, let's transition to our first topic here, which is the success quote, because an Entrepreneur on Fire, we like to start every podcast off with a success goal to kind of get the motivational ball rolling, get people fired up, get them a little excited before we launch into some more in-depth topics. So Dave, do you have a success quote for us? Well, I don't know where I originally heard this one, but I definitely remember the idea. I don't remember who said it, but it's the idea simply that life is a game and looking at it as a game. It's you know the idea of keeping your eye on a particular goal, not taking it too seriously. I mean, we don't take the game of football Particular, well, some people probably do, but I don't <laughs> take it particularly seriously. And, you know, but it is, it's, you know, you have a goal in mind, you're going for it, you realize that, you know, it, it is basically a big game. And I think if we look at our lives and our business that way, I think we're, we're going to be all the better for it. That is very cool. I like that quote. It kind of keep things, keeps things a little more light. You said you can't attribute that to anybody, but how do you actually use that in your day to day life? It's simply to have that as the mindset, um, you know, because, you know, when you're especially when you're running a business, some things are going to go well, some things are not going to go so well. But if you don't, you know, for lack of a better word, take it personally, just realize this is a game. You know, if somebody in football, if they get tackled or the foot or the quarterback gets gets the throw intercepted, I don't think they're going to go and consider their life to be ruined. They just realize that it's part of the game and that those kinds of things happen and then you kind of move on from it. So it's the same thing with life and business. 
So real quick, what's something that's happened recently in the last couple months that you just said, you know what, Dave, I'm not going to take it this seriously. Life's a game. Uh, let's see, off the top of my head. Um, well, a, a recent example, uh, this one wasn't one that went particularly badly, but it was the idea of taking a, uh, a product idea and turning it into something that I launched in a real short order of time. In fact, I just wrote a blog post about this. And part of the idea of doing it as quickly as I did uh, was simply the game of doing it. Saying, can I take an, you know, an idea and turn it into something that I'm bringing to the attention of my email list and do it in 24 hours? And it kinda, I kind of had a deadline there which is because I was leaving on vacation shortly thereafter that. So I, you know, I, that was the goal. And it's just like, okay, let's just like in a, when you're playing a game, sometimes you've got a, a ticker clock going there. You're like, I got to get this done before that. And it's the same exact mentality that I was applying to that. So it wasn't one where something went wrong, but it was one where something went right because I was treating it like that. Yeah. There's a lot of cool apps out there right now that actually kind of use that mentality and I think one that I've I've seen is called Rescue Me or Rescue Time, where you can actually yeah. set up a timer where you can't do anything else. You can't open up any other apps, and you're fighting against the clock, and it really kind of makes you focus. And there's a couple of books that are out, like uh, Getting Stuff Done, that really just tell you that you really need to focus on what you're doing at that moment because time will expand to the, to the amount of space that you allot it to. That's true. And actually, one of the things that I do sometimes when I'm working is, um, is uh, have a timer running. You know, if I if I have a clear idea, on my, you know, my task list has certain things. I'm like, okay, I need to get that done. I keep my mind on that. I don't get distracted by Facebook or something like that. And then I have a timer, and I'm like, okay, the game is now to get that done before that timer hits zero. Mm, great analogy. And with football season coming up, I love the football analogy. And I, I will say, I do think that some people with fantasy football would disagree that football is just a game. But <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's transition to our next topic now, and this is a topic that resonates so deeply in the heart of every entrepreneur, and that's failure. Mm -hmm. Every entrepreneur starts from somewhere, and you're going through life, you come up against obstacles, you come up against challenges, you have failures, and you don't let those failures define the person that you are, but you instead use them to move in a different direction or to improve upon the direction that you're moving in. Can you take us back to a moment where you failed and the steps that led up to that failure? Um, sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I prefix everything with the fact that I, tr I don't really look at things uh, like even about what I'm about to say as a failure because it's just... It, it, again, it's part of the game. Um, you have an up and, and you have a down. If you if you sit there and view it as a failure, which let's face it, that's a word that has a lot of baggage associated with it, then it, you can really get down about it. Um, but I, you know, it just doing that obviously just doesn't get you anywhere. So I mean, one of the things that came to mind for me was um, this has started not quite two years ago, but it was uh, was it last year toward the beginning of it. But this is when Google Panda came up, which is the Google update where basically messed with a lot of people, took a lot of people's traffic and sent it soaring downward because of the way that Google was changing their search index. And my tech site got hit fairly hard by that. It, it went down probably on the order of 40 to 50% in traffic. Um, and it wasn't overnight, but in the, in the scheme of me having run this site for 10 you know, plus years, it seemed like overnight to me. Um, and so, you know, obviously I could have wallowed up and be like, well, that was a failure. But obviously the idea was that the site was still going. I'm not going to sit there and, and say it's all Google's fault because I was looking at myself 
and taking in the lesson of what I was doing. And that was that I wasn't continually creating that part of the business. I, I had gotten so into the, the blog marketing academy stuff and talking with bloggers and helping with that segment of my business that I tend to let this, the tech site just kind of coast on its own inertia. And one of the lessons that brought to me, and again, I could either look at it as a failure or take the lesson from it, was that um, I need to continually create these sections of the business that I start. I can't just set it up and say, here, go coast and see what happens. It's just like if you're driving a car and you've got your your foot on the gas. Well, if you take your foot off the gas, the car is going to slowly slow down to the point where it just stops. And I think a business is that way as well. Something needs to continually create it and put it there. And yeah, kind of the same idea that you would have when you're trying to create a business to begin with. You need to continually keep that spirit alive with your business. And I, I let that drop with the tech site. That's so powerful. And I recently had a great conversation with Rand Fishkin of SEO Moz. And we got into the topic about SEO and really content creation. And it's another reason why it's such an exciting time right now for people that are starting out and they want to create something that they're passionate about. Because if you truly do create great content and you really focus on that, there's opportunity for you out there because no longer can people just have had a site for up, up for a long period of time, be coasting along, as you put it, and still remain at the top. Google is really changing the game for the better, for the worse. However you look at it, they are definitely changing the game. What actions did you specifically take to start playing Google's game? <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is, especially in that realm, is everybody's still trying to figure that out. I mean, because, uh, you know... It was first Panda, then it was Penguin. I mean, th these things just happen with Google. And, uh, you know, one can either sit there and try to game the system or you just get, come back down to basics and realize, well, the whole point of it is to do quality content that people would want to see. So I just kind of doubled down on that a little bit, uh, worked with the uh, the writers for the site and be like, OK, we need to up the game in certain ways. Um, and then I also did a few things on the business side of things to make the revenue stream less dependent on Google and less dependent on the amount of traffic that I'm pulling in from search. Uh, one of the big ones that I did was I started up a membership site over there uh, that has basically it's a premium newsletter that we put out and um, so it's it's a revenue stream which is completely in-house not to, even though we run advertising I didn't want to be dependent on it very powerful and thank you for being so specific about that it's great hearing exactly actions that you're taking as an expert to remedy the situation so again thank you we're gonna transition to the next topic now and that's the aha moment as entrepreneurs, we are always having little aha moments throughout the course of every day, week, month. And these aha moments really help us kind of keep going and keep inspired and propel us to the next level and the next direction. Can you talk about a specific aha moment where this huge light bulb did come on for you and you just said, wow, I think I, can, I, have, I have something here. My audience is going to resonate with it. My, my listeners, my clients are really going to just latch on to this. Can you describe that aha moment? Um, sure. The first one that comes to mind for me is actually, we got to go way back in time. This is before I was even helping bloggers and all that and just running the tech site. Um, and this is when I sold my first product 
online um, all, via the tech site. And it was basically a, a CD that I had compiled. I was actually burning the CD right there on my computer with blank CDs and stuffing them into Staples envelopes and licking the stamps personally and running them down to the post office. The whole thing was very manual. Uh, but I, I just created this first product and started getting some orders from it. And what really got that going was a little bit of fear because at the time, this is during the dot-com boom of the late 90s, there, there's just so much happening in that space. And one of the things that happened for me was that somebody actually acquired my tech site for a contract that now in retrospect, I know was complete and total bull crap. But I, it, you know, as a college guy, somebody floated a big seven figure number in front of me and I'm like, holy hell, I want that. Yes. And, um, you know, 2020 hindsight, obviously. But what happened is when that whole thing started falling apart and I, all of a sudden I was not getting money from the site that legally I didn't even own anymore. It was kind of the whole thing falling apart. I realized I needed to come up with something that was not dependent on ads, not dependent on that company. So while I was in the process of getting my site back under my own control again, while these people were just going down, I sold my first product because I realized I needed something that, again, like I said in the last part about the failure, I, I didn't, didn't want to depend on the advertising. And uh, so it was, a, like I said, very simplistic product, but it really started the whole ball rolling. And now I'm a big believer in, in, in bloggers selling their own products. And you go, even on my blogging site, I talk about that all the time. And I, I basically rip on the idea of depending on advertising exclusively because I just think it's a very undependable idea. That's great. And I do got to say, you've really piqued my curiosity. It's, it's back in the dot, in the dot com craze. You're in college. You get offered a seven-figure number for your website, for that business that you had generated. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it was, again, it's a retrospect, but basically the contract was a certain amount of cash that was coming in over a payment stream and then a bunch of stock options. But let's get here. The stock options were not real. <laughs> because this is not a company that was going public or even had a clear A to B path to do so. So basically, the the contract was a lot of uh, it was just a lot of fakery. And uh, be, being that I didn't know any better at the time, I I went with it because they said, "Well, you're getting a contract with X amount of dollars." And I'm like, "That sounds good." So basically, what they were doing was they were taking over the website, putting their own ads on there, um, and then they were going to be paying me a you know fairly decent monthly figure for a set amount of time. But it, essentially, they were making the money while that was happening. So it was just a really stupid acquisition. I never should mind it, but it's one of those things you really learn the hard way how business kind of works and uh, and the and the idea of creating real value and not fake value which is a lot of what came out of that whole dot com boom it was interesting getting the site back too i mean the site was or the comp that company was falling apart so quickly <laughs> that uh i i basically almost stole the site back from them and then told and then held them in breach of contract and said if you want to come after me it's kind of your problem and um that's kind of where it stood <laughs> and then they and then they just disintegrated in hindsight, may have made mistakes along the way, but you did learn from it. You were able to move on, and it's obviously made you better at what you do today. So that aha moment specifically was creating content, creating great content, and specific information products. Have you had a more recent aha moment with the whole new social media craze that we're now experiencing that you've applied to your business? That's the social media craze? Uh <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned social media. One of the, I don't remember the exact moment that this occurred to me, but I've written about it was, 
with social media specifically, I think my aha, mo- aha moment is that it's generally a waste of time. <laughs> I, I tend to focus more on the, on the real business stuff and acquiring a real asset, which is an email list and things that can be leveraged. And I think that the social media stuff, you know, it's not that one shouldn't do it, but I think way too many people spend way too much time doing it at, at the, uh, and they're sacrificing their actual business growth. No, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That's an absolute aha moment because all we have is time. That's all we have. And if we're devoting it to things that aren't really making our bottom line, which is our headquarters, our business, our website, our email list, if we're not making that more powerful, then we're wasting that valuable time. Absolutely. So, Dave, have you had an I've made it moment? Um, I've, I've had a few of them. I guess one that comes to mind was, uh, I forgot when this was, for maybe three years ago, but it was when I did my first large launch in the blogging space and, uh, uh, for Blog Masters Club, and I had um, you know, some affiliates, one of them being Darren Rouse, a pro blogger, uh, promoting for me. And it was just, that was an interesting moment for me because I had been reading Pro Blogger like a lot of people for a long time before I ever even started talking about blogging myself. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I found myself in a position where he was actually promoting the product, my product for me. Um, and that, that was definitely a moment where I realized something had just gotten accomplished. That's a great, I made it moment. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So let's move on to the next topic, and that's your current business. You've been around for over 14 years doing what you do. You do a lot of things, as we, as we touched on in the intro. You speak, you consult. I've actually been at one of your talks down at Blog World in New York City. It was a great venue down there. I really enjoyed meeting you, and hearing you give a live presentation was phenomenal. So you really have a, a really well-rounded business. There's a lot of things that you're doing right now. What's one thing that really excites you about your business today? Well, one of the, again, looking at it as a game, which is how we started. I mean, one of the things that I'm really working on right now is specifically expanding my business beyond myself. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's it's kind of cool to be able to say that. But at the same time, it's still I'm not a one man show because I have a couple VAs working for me. But still, this is a very small business <laughs> compared to a lot that exists out there. Um, and also, it's still very dependent on me. If I'm not, again, coming back to another point that I made earlier, if I'm not sitting there constantly creating this business in front of me, it will disintegrate. Um, so one of the things that I'm working on right now is actually expanding this business and more systems-wise into something that can actually be operated and some of the levers get pulled by somebody besides myself, uh, where hopefully I don't have to necessarily come up with every idea that ever happens, um, and and just have a business that can actually help people and and produce products without me necessarily having to spearhead every single thing. So that's one of the big things I'm working on right now. And it's it's basically just kind of looking ahead and thinking, you know, I, I have a lot of things I'd like to do with this business, but at the same time, I have things that I want to do outside this business. And if I'm sitting at my desk every day, all day, I mean, that's, I'm not gonna have time for any of it. Let's dive into this more because this is something that's quite near and dear to my heart. As I'm sitting here in my business right now, I have multiple VAs and I went through a great process um, through Chris Ducker at Virtual Staff Finder, who I, I believe you use as well, correct? Good. So I really enjoyed that process where you tell them the kind of VA you're looking for. They go out into the 
Philippines and they bring you back three quality candidates who you interview and then you choose one. So it's a great process to kind of vet out and really get down to a great quality VA. But then at the end of it, you have a virtual assistant and there you are sitting there in your business with a virtual assistant who's kind of looking at you for tasks and jobs to do. What are a couple of things that you found have been very effective in utilizing your VA? Well, I, I come into this with experience because I have gotten it right and I've also screwed it up royally. I mean, I, I did use uh, Chris Ducker uh, and to no fault of his own, it was totally mine. I, the VA that he found for me, I had for a few months and then I ended, it ended up not working out. It was totally my own fault because that particular VA, I went in without any systems for them to plug into. So this person was sitting there looking to me with exactly like you said. They're like, okay, what am I going to do now? And obviously, we're all human beings. If we don't have enough to do, if we don't feel like we're producing, we our morale tends to go down. And I think that's what happened with her and some personal problems came in, blah, blah, blah. Now, with the VAs that I have now, when they came on, it was for specific reasons. I have one that d deals with my customer support, and I, I like her because she's very upbeat. Uh, she, you know, she doesn't need me to tell her how to answer every single question, and uh, she's not in the Philippines. She's actually in Canada, but um, you know, it, it's a matter of knowing exactly what you want them to do before you hire them. And I think it's actually worth taking the time to think about the things that you are. Are, and, are, is not the best use of your time or something that somebody else could do and actually systematize it. And sometimes it can force you to really think about, okay, what do I actually take into mind when I do certain things? And you'll have to kind of like put that together into something that somebody else can go through. And I'm actually working on some of that stuff internally in my own business right now. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. So the word entrepreneur is a mystery to a lot of people. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we really try to pull back the curtain and and show that it's not that much of a mystery, that entrepreneurs are just your typical person with typical day-to-day -day mundane tasks. Obviously, no day is the same for you. You, you. you have days that you do one thing and days you do another thing, but there are definitely commonalities that you're doing day-to-day -day on a consistent basis. Can you talk about two tasks that seem to occupy a majority of your day? Well, in my business, obviously, content's a big part of it. And, you know, content is one of those overused words in my business, and it can mean an awful lot of things to a lot of people. But, you know, for me, I've got the two basic segments of that. One is the free side, which is the actual marketing stuff that goes up on the public blogs. And then I've got the private side, which is stuff that is generally being produced for customers inside my academy or on uh, workshops and stuff like that. So, I mean, if I had to say two tasks, which obviously there's a ton more, <laughs> uh, but that, but occupy a majority of my time, those would be the two things. It's content creation for the, the public and then content creation for the for customers. So you're deep in your business. You're working on a lot of different angles. You're getting your systems in place. You have your VAs chugging along. You're, you, you're having them utilize systems as well. You're moving forward at a very efficient pace. What vision do you have for the future of David Risley? Um, it it kind of comes back to what we were just talking about with the systems. Uh, what I really want to do is is um, is expand my business so that it doesn't people don't equate it with David Risley because I don't have any desire to be famous or to be some kind of a guru or any of that crap. I mean, if anybody says that about me, it's kind of they, they're they're kind of coming up with that on their own. I just want to like help people 
and, and accomplish the product that I've set out for my business. And I don't care. And that's that's actually a big part of why I, a few months ago, renamed my site from davidrisley.com to Blog Marketing and Academy. I wanted something that was separate from myself so that when people came there, it wasn't like they they expected to do business only with me but could do business with an entity that will produce the products that are promised. And so that's what I really am shooting for is to develop that system behind Blog Marketing Academy, grow that. And basically, I want to turn it into a business school for the Internet, but not necessarily, you know, in a physical space. But I want something that I think and I've talked about this many times. I feel like the Internet marketing or Internet business space leads a lot of people astray in the way that things are taught. I, I feel like they focus too much on the internet and not so much on the business. And uh, and so you got people out there chasing things like Pinterest or Twitter or something, when they don't even have the basics in place of an actual business yet. And so I really want to bring those types of things back down to, to some foundation and, uh, and, and build out upon that. Great. That's exciting. Thank you. So we're going to move into my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I provide you with a series of questions, and then you come back at us with a series of mind-blowing and amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Let's <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> All right, and I have five questions here. Definitely feel like you can take your time, expound on each topic. We're doing good with time, so here's number one. What was the number one thing holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You know, I, I don't feel like there was anything really holding me back here. I mean, as I said earlier, I, I went into this straight out of college. Um, and I was doing this as a hobby in college. I was making a little bit of money in college. Helped me pay my college tuition, which was quite nice. Uh, but then I was in a position where I just thought that I could expand upon that rather than go out and find some cubicle job, which is basically what my degree would have led me to. Um, if I had to identify a, uh, you know, a barrier here, probably the biggest thing would be the idea of bucking the trend uh, because society obviously doesn't have a full understanding of what I do. It does. A lot of people don't look at it as even a real job, um, but I don't really care. And uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and I didn't want to be sitting in some kind of a cubicle. Um, you know, one of the things that came to mind was, that kind of demonstrated that was when I bought my first house and and kind of dealing with the bank. I mean, you getting a mortgage when you do something like this, especially when you came right out of school. I mean, that's pretty damn difficult because they don't understand you. I mean, they probably thought I was a drug dealer or something. Um, and and then. And then going in and getting married and having my first child and doing all of that and having to support it financially, doing this thing that most people didn't understand or even view as a real job. So that was probably the biggest thing is that mindset and being willing to buck the trend and not have to comply with the template that everybody lays out for you. Oh, that brings up a good visual. I can see you walking into a bank and then being like, blogger, what? remember the specific question of talking to the underwriter and they were like, you know, it's, it, I wasn't making like fantastic money, but the increase was, was pretty high. And they're like, okay, how exactly did you go from this to this? And they're like, they were like asking me what, what was I doing? Because the underwriter just did not understand it. And this was a person who completely had the power to disapprove the mortgage and it stressed the hell out of me. But I, I, I sat there and tried to explain it to her and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's, it is, it is real. Oh, love it. So what's the best business advice you ever received? Oh, man, I've seen a lot of it. Uh, you know, well, this is, 
One that comes to mind is um, by Frank Kern, who I'm not sure if you've ever heard of, but uh, he uses very colorful language. Uh, I'm not going to repeat it exactly the way he did, but yeah, it was uh, it was two things, and I remember laughing really hard when he said it. But it says number one, thou shalt not f around, and number two, thou shalt not be a pussy. And now this, uh, and I, I think that that is actually really good business advice because I don't, especially dealing with some of the people that I've dealt with um, on my blog. A lot of people they do screw around. Um, they they do a, they're out there on Twitter and uh, Facebook and doing a lot of things that are not going to grow a business. And I think that it's actually even though he's he's a you know funny guy and he says these things and he does it in a very colorful way. Um, I, I think it's actually extremely sound advice that people need to take into account. No, that is sound advice. I mean, there are a lot of people that, as you said, spend a lot of time screwing around and are very timid. You need to take powerful, strong action. And that's exactly what Frank Hearn was suggesting. And he's, he's had a lot of other advice as well. And it's usually equally colorful the way he says it. What is is something that's working for you in your business right now? Right now, um, probably live events. Um, I alluded earlier to the uh, to the workshop that I'm delivering. I think you're on there as well. Um, I am. It's great. Yeah, and it's um, basically walking people through uh, the technical hurdles of dealing with WordPress, and it's which is a pretty common complaint uh, in the blogging space. And, uh, but, you know, backing up from that, it's, it's the idea of doing a live event and, and selling it as a product. It's not like I haven't done that before, but this was the underlying idea behind taking that idea that I had and, and bringing it to the public within 24 hours. That was the product that I was talking about. And it was because I didn't have to create this big thing first. I w- it was all going to be done in real time and live and obviously recorded. But um, I was able to basically sell something that, quite frankly, did not exist yet. Uh, I was going to deliver it afterward on a scheduled date. So I think that works really well. And also from a marketing perspective, um, it kind of helps. With the, if it's got a specific start date, then obviously you can be like, okay, well, you got to join before then. And that obviously helps with marketing. Yeah, it's just a great product and a great example. Like you saw the pain that was out there and you've created something to fix that pain. And what you've done is you've created a live event that the Fortunate ones, such as myself, can attend to live, and so we have the benefit of asking questions during it and seeing you actually go through it live and kind of crafting it to our questions. You're going to be able to continue to sell it as a product because its value is extremely high, so it can be something that's scalable. You've done it once. You can sell it again and again. It's a great product, so that is definitely something that is working right now, so thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. And I, and I definitely think that other people should do the same thing because I, I know a lot of people in, in uh, my market who are looking to do this type of thing, they, they get stimmied by the idea of product creation because they think it's got to take a really long time to do that. Um, it doesn't matter what market you're in, you can probably come up with some way to do a webinar and, uh, and get people on there. And in a lot of markets, they're going to think it's a lot more novel than, than a market like when I'm in. Um, so do a webinar. And even if it's just a free thing, you're trying to create something just as a list giveaway, well... Do a webinar and record it, and you can give away the recording as a way to get people onto your email list. Because when you when you tell people you're going to show up at a particular time and you're going to do a certain thing, whether they're paying you or not, it's a commitment, and you're you're going to do it, and you're going to stop procrastinating. Yeah, and one of the first articles that I read about podcasting when I initially started getting into podcasting was one that you wrote, 
which was a very detailed article, but then you linked and mentioned Cliff Ravenscraft of the Podcast Answer Man, which led me to podcastanswerman.com, where I went and found this amazing free webinar that I was able to watch, this product, which then led me down the road to purchase more product from Cliff that he produced as an add-on, as an after effect. So it was a great strategy for him. Really enjoy everything that went along with it, and it was just a big help. Cool, cool, yeah. What's the best business book that you've read in the last six months? Uh, I, I read some fiction ones too. I've read the uh, the uh, Atlas Shrugged. I just finished reading. Uh, but but as far as a business book, the uh, one that comes to mind would be uh, Built to Sell. I forgot the author of that. Uh, but I read it while I was uh, out of town, and uh, it's a really easy read. It's actually written like a fiction book, but it's designed – it is a business book. Um, and the whole idea is what we were talking about earlier is, is creating a system out of a business. And it, obviously the purpose in that book was to create something which can, you can turn around and sell. And um, it, But even though I'm not sitting here looking at my business and trying to figure out how to get out of it and sell it, it's just that mentality – of, of creating a system that can be repeated and ultimately is sold in that case, I think is a really good idea to bring to any business. Great. And I'll link that book up in the show notes with the author. So people will be able to go, go straight to Amazon through that link. So this last question is really my favorite and it's kind of a tricky one. So you can take your time, really digest it and then come back with an answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning with all the experience and knowledge that you currently have today, but your business completely disappeared, leaving you with a clean slate, which many of our current entrepreneurs and listeners find themselves in right now, what would you do in the next seven days? Um, well, that is a big question. Um, well, the first thing is one has to figure out what market they're going to go into. Now, obviously, it's a lot easier once you've decided that. Um, it might take more than seven days to figure out exactly what market you want to be in if you have not figured that out yet. But if I if I said, okay, I already let's say I wanted to go back into the market that I'm in right now if nobody knew who the heck I was. Yeah, this is you specifically. So the first thing, obviously, that I would do would be to put up a website, and I would concentrate on doing it quickly. I would not worry about trying to look like somebody else or to have some professional graphic designer put things together for you. That's all stuff that can come later. You just want to get the website out there and use a free theme or some premium one that you buy that's already pre-designed, and, and bam. And, you know, With one-click installs that most hosting companies have, uh, and if you could buy a theme, you can have a site up in like an hour or less. Uh, so it's really not that big of a hurdle. A lot of people just turn it into one mentally. Um, the absolute next thing you should do is start up your email list. Um, it doesn't matter where you host it, but I obviously like AWeber quite a bit, but a lot of bloggers tend to use MailChimp, and that's fine. Uh, just have an email list from day number one. Uh, so that when you start putting your content up on the site, which you need to start doing very quickly, it, it the whole purpose of that is to get them onto your email list. And you should have a call to action underneath your each post and somehow lead, you know, write the post in such a way where it kind of lends itself up to joining the list as a natural extension of the blog post. It's just you have a singular purpose here. Um, and then... As far as getting your name out there, I would pretty much go through the people who have existing um, properties. 
in whatever niche you're going to be in. So in my case, if I was, and this is almost pretty much exactly what I did when I came out of the blogging space is I started interacting with the people that already had blogs about blogging. And, um, and you know, I, obviously I came into that with some authority being that I had been doing this for a long time and was actually making a living as a blogger. Um, but, uh, the key here is starting out in seven days is to get out there and start interacting with, uh, guest posting, helping them in some way uh, with these movers and shakers of the niche because and that's just a really important thing to do to kind of get yourself out of the situation where nobody knows who you are. Um, and then it would probably come back to the webinar idea. Start really delivering some valuable content. Do it for free. I think webinars are great for list building. Um, a lot of people, too, they ex almost expect to be pitched on a webinar. Well, just buck the trend and don't do that. You're, all you're trying to do here is build up and do it quickly because we're starting from scratch. So I'd probably do some webinars to build a list, build that relationship, show that you're a real human being, help them, and, um, and it will it'll grow from there. Wonderful. And thank you so much for joining us today, Dave. You've given us some great actionable advice, and we are all better for it. You're very welcome. Let's end by giving Fire Nation one last piece of advice. Give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> well, you can find me over at blogmarketingacademy.com. Um, and uh, that's pretty much where that's kind of my home base now. I used to have a, 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 some other properties and things were a little harder to find. Now, pretty much everything is rooted right off of Blog Marketing Academy. So that'd be the best place you can go. And, and if you want to get a, a feel for how I do things, you can actually enroll in the 30 day blog transformation challenge, which you'll find right there at that site. And, um, and uh, it's a free 30 day video course. Great. Well, Dave, thanks again, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. My one call to action for you is to go to eofire.com, join our email list, and receive our ever-growing supply of gifts to include WordPress video tutorials, an entrepreneur quiz with complete diagnosis, and access to our weekly newsletter. Also, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, Visit IgniteMastermind.com, join our elite mastermind community, and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.